one of our favorite guests is with us live via telephone. Not only a favorite guest, but a mentor of mine, I'm proud to say. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Gorak is the Libby Clapperman Professor of Jewish History at Yeshiva University, a prize-winning author or editor of 20 books in the field of American Jewish history. He was twice chair of the Academic Council of the American Jewish Historical Society and for 20 years an editor of its journal entitled American Jewish History. He is editor of the brand-new book, Conversations with Colleagues on Becoming an American Jewish Historian. Dr. Jeffrey Gorak, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. And I want to begin by making a contribution to Jewish uh, JM in the AM. Thank you. $72, four times high, in honor of our four grandchildren who attend the Mariah School in North Jersey, and specifically the Mariah Choir, which last night, last night, was part of a wonderful, wonderful concert that involved Yavna and Ramaz and S.A.R. and Mariah. And somehow, my granddaughter, Margot, had a solo. So in <laughs> honor of them, uh, $72 for the wonderful work you're doing. And I have your app, and I listen to you all the time. And it's wonderful to see how this show has grown. It is an international show, and it's a privilege to be on your show once again. I greatly appreciate that. The book is called Conversations with Colleagues on Becoming an American Jewish Historian. Now, I've read through this, and it's sort of like, and tell me if I, if I have the right perspective, it's sort of like taking, I don't know, 20 or 30 athletes and asking them why they went into athletics or taking anybody in any profession or a group of people and, and trying to figure out what it is that prompted them or enticed them excuse me, into that specific area of professional life. Am I getting a little bit of the perspective here? Well, that's the perspective, and uh, besides being a scholar in the field of American Jewish history, I also see myself as an advocate for the field. And I became aware a couple of years ago that in a number of subfields of American history, uh, ethnic history and women's history, these types of memoir books uh, appeared. And I wanted my, myself and my friends to go on the record as to how we became how we became interested in American Jewish history, but more importantly, some of the challenges that we faced in uh, what I say growing the field from an area which was often dismissed by Jewish historians and American historians as just ancestor worship and apologetics to becoming a professional field. And you know, in the humanities today. It's a very difficult road for young scholars, right. and I guess I wanted my colleagues, my younger colleagues, to know that we had a difficult time uh, growing this field into what I believe today is a very respected field in the field of American history and Jewish history. You know, um, I sometimes kibitz my uh, colleagues who do medieval Jewish history that while they study Rashi and Tosafist, uh, I spend my time uh, studying how Jews eat, how they dress, and, of course, how they play ball. Right. But that to understand the immigrant experience, you have to deal with the social history and all those types of things. So I was fortunate enough to round up uh, 15 of the usual suspects, and they all wrote very, uh, I think, accessible and insightful histories of uh, by autobiographies, if you will, uh, of right. how they became in, involved in American Jewish history. Unlike your colleagues studying and, and lecturing and writing about medieval history, uh, where it's all laid out for them, you know, from the moment they're born, because, you know, it goes back hundreds, if not thousands of years. In, in this case, what I found interesting is that 
it, it took a while and it seemed there needed to be certain points or certain things that had to happen in order for American Jewish history to become a subject in and of itself, right? There were certain important uh, landmark uh, points uh, that had to be reached in order for it to become a subject area. Well, we again, we had to overcome the amateurism which prevailed in the field for the longest time. Uh. And, and by the way, since I, I teach you yeshiva, it'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I follow in the footsteps of Professor Hyman B. Grinstein, who did one of the first important historical works in American Jewish history, and his interest, much of his interest, was in New York Jewish history, which is mine. And I always say in every bibliography on New York Jewish history, G. Arthur Grinstein always goes before G.U. <laughs> but his work back in the late 40s, early 50s, even more than being history, was archaeology, because he had to dig up sources uh, that no one knew about. And this compendium, which runs... Uh, about 450 uh, pages. I think I signed that book to you when you were my student many years ago. Wow. It still remains a book which uh, scholars uh, scholars return to. Um, the other thing is one of my teachers years ago used to say that when an ancient Jewish historian finds a laundry list on a papyrus, it becomes a book. Uh, we have all different types of sources we have to use, and to integrate them into a scholarly manner, of course, is a uh, is always a challenge, and it's one of the thrills of constantly doing uh, uh, American Jewish history. So there's a lot more material available to you than, in a lot of cases than some of the other historians out there. Yes, and, yeah. and you know what? Uh, uh, I sometimes tell my medievalist friends that when they give a lecture on the Rambam, no one gets up in the audience and says, I heard the Rambam <laughs> say the following, and what you're saying is incorrect. Right. You know, uh, when I talk about things, writing contemporary history is very, very difficult because, number one, things are constantly changing. And secondly, you have to be very careful because people in the audience uh, uh, have their own experiences and their own prejudices. And I try to go straight down the middle on some very contentious issues. Uh, and there are people in the audience who come with their perspective, which is personal and not scholarly, so you have to balance it to the, the scholarly as well as the, uh, uh, as well as the popular. So that's, again, one of the uh, challenges, and one of the things that's very intriguing. Uh, one of the things I, I've written about, uh, and many of your listeners know about this, is that uh, but the rallies that took place, not enough rallies, of course, in Madison Square Garden during the, the, during the Shoah right. to publicize the, the destruction of European Jewry. And I sometimes ask my audience, does anybody know anyone who was actually there? You know, there were 18,000 seats in Madison Square Garden, in the old garden on 49th Street. And, it, you know, the people uh, have relatives who were there, and their perspective of what happened is very different than the newspaper reports and memoirs of, of leaders and the like. Dr. Jeffrey Gorax with us. He's edited the brand-new book, Conversations with Colleagues on Becoming an American Jewish historian. By the way, that experience, I would bet, has happened to you in this neighborhood. You've probably been walking the streets of the Lower East Side, have mentioned something to somebody, and a local said, no, 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 no. that's not how it happened, right? That probably- that's that's, that's often the case, although many of the people on the Lower East Side are newcomers to the neighborhood, right. and we have to educate them about what uh, the neighborhood was like, and with the gentrification of the neighborhood, and some of the old buildings are, have been torn down, and sometimes when I do my tours, and I do my tours of Lower East Side and all of them, you know, I point to places, of, this is where this synagogue used to be, and now it's a co-op or something along those lines, or go down East Broadway, 
and you see the forward building, the Forbitz building, right, which is now which is now a condo. Right. So th- things are con- things are constantly changing. The other thing is, you know, when you when you go to Europe, you can see places where Jews lived for five hundred years. Right. They're not there anymore. With the nature of our city, with urban renewal and the like, uh, things are torn down. So, in some respects, people have to take my wor- my word uh, for it. By the way, the fifteen that are in this book. How many of them are New York centric? Are, are, are there are, are the majority of them, uh, you know, with, with with the leanings toward the New York area? I tried very hard to diversify here. Uh, first of all, in terms of gender, there are more women historians than men historians. Wow! In, term, in terms of background, uh, Steve Bauman focuses on Southern Jewish history. Jenna Josplett, who is a New Yorker, uh, uh, focuses on material culture. In other words how different types of artifacts are used for the study of, of American Jewish history. So some of us are New Yorkers. Uh, two or three of us write specifically about New York. Uh, one of the issues within my discipline is whether you are New York-centric or the rest of the country, uh, per se. So, yes, it's, it's a diverse group. And we also, we also invited, I also invited in Riv Ellen Prell from uh, University of Minnesota, who's an anthropologist and Stephen Whitfield, who's an American studies uh, specialist, to indicate that we are a porous field. And um, I should also say these 15 people, and I make, I'm the 16th, are representative, uh, not the only ones doing good work. There are others who I didn't select, and uh, I may have to deal with that down the road because a lot of people want in. Are you uh, finding any people in their 20s and 30s that are pursuing this uh, field? A lot of people are going to this field. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our biennial uh, scholars conference at the new Museum of American Jewish History in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And there are young colleagues in the field. And frankly, they're dealing with this great challenge today in university life that uh, humanities often take second or third place to uh, sciences and the like. The job market is a very difficult one. And one of the things I want to say in this book, and all my colleagues said said in this book, is that the road they're traveling is a difficult one, and the road that we traveled in terms of uh, uh, securing our jobs. You know, Nachum, the three schools that um, first uh, promoted the study of American Jewish history are three schools that have something very much in common. They're Hebrew College, the Jewish Theological Seminary, and Yeshiva University. Yes, I know theologically all of them are very, very different. I understand that. But in terms of their students, uh, these are people who want to serve the Jewish community and want to know about the American Jewish community. So during the Shoah, um, there was a recognition at the three institutions, independent of each other, that it was important to study American Jewish history on a serious level in terms of training rabbis and teachers and the like. And that was the beginning of the professionalization of the field. But it took a long time for over 75 or 80 universities to recognize that American Jewish history was a valuable field that uh, should be studied and should be researched. So Mm. HUC, JTS, and our yeshiva were the first. And again, Grinstein was the first at yeshiva, Moshe Davis at the seminary, and Jacob Ray DeMarcus at uh, Hebrew College. And we had a book launch last week at um, at the Hebrew College in Cincinnati. And I spoke, and Jonathan Saunders spoke, 
who's at Brandeis, and Julie Rubin Schwartz, who's at Dean at JTS, spoke, and Gary Zola, who's at HUC, spoke. And one of the reasons we had this particular cohort of the 15 is to recognize that the fields start to be professionalized when these three institutions, again, independent of each other, right. came to the recognition that this field needed to be studied. Very interesting. How do you explain the passion? You know, when people ask me, you know, why, I, why I'm up at 5 a.m. on Memorial Day morning when the rest of America is sleeping, I could, I could explain it. I, I could sort of explain it because of the passion I have for this work. How do you explain the passion that you and your colleagues have for this field of study? Well, this may be a banal answer, but this, this is what I do. This is what's always interested me as a person. I, I write in the book that my first teachers of uh, history were Walter Cronkite hmm. um, and Huntley and Brinkley and Mike Wallace. And as a family, growing up, every night we watched the news. And that became part of my consciousness. My brother became a journalist. I became a historian. And then as a college student, I became aware that the the intellectual world was something that I w- wanted to embrace. And being a committed Jew, that led me to study Jewish history, and that ultimately led me to be uh, an American Jewish historian. And I guess the turning point in my life was in 1971 when the NBA draft took place, and I didn't get chosen. So I had to, <laughs> I had, I, I had to do something else. <laughs> were, there high, were there high hopes at that time? <laughs> no, no, that... Uh, Actually, I, I call my essay a scholar athlete uh, discovers American Jewish history, and namely, I had, I had this great interest in sports. And uh, only 20 years into my tenure as a professor was I able to say, "Well, now I'm going to write a book about Judaism and sports," which uh, is the book that has sold the most copies of all my my 20 books. So I'm very right. I'm very proud of that. I, I think you once described it to me that yeah you, you had you had to prove your your validity. You had to prove that you had a real historic track meaning a track record in history before drifting into the sports arena, excuse the pun because otherwise your colleagues would be a little bit more skeptical, right? Well, it's not only my story. Jenna Jocelyn's first book was called Our Gang: A History of Jewish Criminality in New York City. Right. And there was a lot of pushback against her. It was a very scholarly book. Why are you writing about Jews who are involved in crime? And her answer, her answer was, I'm just paraphrasing it, was that in understanding the, Amer- the American Jewish immigrant experience, you have to study the good, the bad, and to some extent the ugly. Right. And this is part of our history as well. And how you get involved in your industry, whether it's a legitimate one, or an illegitimate one is something that's worth doing, as long as you do it objectivity, objectivity, and do it in in a scholarly manner. So she survived that. But uh, <laughs> to do your first book on criminality was a marker. And, and she writes that she had she had three things uh, going against her when she entered the field. She was a woman, and this field was very much male dominated in the beginning. She was um, writing writing about crime. And she was doing American Jewish history. So I'm proud to say we've come a long way, but there's still challenges that need to be overcome. By the way, I should note, because you mentioned sports, one of your more recent books as well is the one entitled Constant Challenge, Sports and American Judaism. People should check that one out as well. Uh, our friends at Magid Books have that on their website. Uh, the, the Today's conversation, which is called Conversations with Colleagues, where do people find this? Is it on Amazon? Is it available? It is now available on Amazon, absolutely, and uh, 
uh, people should pick it up, and it's, I think it's a I think it's a very interesting interesting book. Uh, people who are, who have delved into American Jewish history, who know the names of these scholars, like might be interested in understanding how they uh, how they chose their their first work and how they continue to do work in American Jewish history. And as I'm looking at my beautiful cover, the books include works on the rabbi's wife, on the history of Rebetzin, mm. uh the history of Jewish radicals. Um, uh, a few books on New York Jewish history, a wonderful book on Hanukkah in America by Diane Ashton, how Hanukkah emerged as a major Jewish festival, not only because of Jew- Jewish interests in Hanukkah, but also because of its concomitants, you know, chronologically with uh, Christmas. Very interesting book. And then there's a book called You Never Call, You Never Write, which is a <laughs> history of uh, Jewish women and their mothers, their interactions. So, all this says that these senior scholars, and again, there are others who do important work too, have a diverse amount of interests, and they've all come together, and they're all my friends, and uh, none of them disappointed me, and they all wrote very accessible. Hey, they're all good writers, you know, and uh, they came together in doing this book for me. And you with do, me. and you even have a book about the Lower East Side featured as well. That's also there yes, on the cover. Yes, Hashidaya did a book. Lower East Side memories, how the Lower East Side continued to be the touchstone of American Jewish life long after the people who lived there originally, and not the people who live there today, exited the neighborhood uh, beginning in the 1920s when they moved to uh, Brooklyn, the Bronx, uh, Queens, and ultimately to suburbia and elsewhere in the United States. Also a very fine book. It's called Conversations with Colleagues, everybody. It's edited by Dr. Jeffrey S. Gorak. It's a great one. There's some fascinating essays in there. I highly recommend it. Uh, Dr. Gorak, I wish you mazel tov on it. I thank you for your support, and I remind you that it's only because of you and a very, very small handful of people that I'm sitting here today. So I appreciate that as well, especially today on a day when we're asking people to help keep us going. So thank you very, very much for that. Well, thank you, and keep up the good work. I'm very proud of you. Appreciate that very much. Dr. Gorak's book is called Conversations with Colleagues on Becoming an American Jewish Historian. Check it out. Available at Amazon. I thank the Goraks for their donation. I remind everybody that today is the first of our three-day fundraiser. Whatever you could give, believe you me, it's welcome, appreciated, and it keeps us going at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, or uh, just return the envelope that we sent to you if you're on our mailing list. Another easy way to support us going forward. 19 minutes after 8 o'clock, it is a Wednesday at JM and the AM.